is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Go, Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on a break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Thursday, September 5th, 2019, season 15, episode number 37. Welcome to another edition of The Break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Talking some Cowboys football for about 45 minutes. We've got a lot to get into today. We're going to talk about Zeke's deal. Nick uh, has some information uh, about the deal that I think is going to be interesting about maybe how this thing uh, kind of plays out in the structure of the deal. And maybe it may change some opinions about who got the better end of this deal. Uh, we'll also get into uh, the New York Giant defense. Uh, Dave is going to give us his uh, his rundown on on what to expect from that defense as opposed I mean versus the Cowboys offense, um, and we'll start first with uh, with some injury stuff. Did you have something you want to throw no. out there? Okay, yeah, it look like you wanted to say. I'm something. just looking at you because you're the host. I was just saying, hey, hi Nick, I'm paying attention. You good? Yeah, I'm good. You good, Dave? I'm awesome. Amber? So good. I mean. <laughs> wow, what's no, the matter with you? No, no, you no. You want to talk about it? I just I, when we keep talking about Zeke and the contract, I get it. it it's important. You have to. It, Amber's like changed, he's on the field. The deal's signed. What football. are we talking about? You know, is, yeah, I'm just tired of talking about contracts, especially because I don't really care in a way. Like I'll let it's them deal money. with it. It's not my money. They say they can figure out how to pay people. Then I mean that's why they make so much money to take See. care of all that complicated stuff when it comes to contracting multiple players. So I'm just like, eh, let's just play football. All right. Well, we will be playing football as of Sunday at 3:35. Yeah. But before we get to that, let's talk a little bit about these injuries. Uh, Cowboys have a few guys who were on the injury report that are of note. Zach Martin was limited due to his back. Uh, Darian Thompson and Donovan Wilson, both backup safeties and special teams players, did not practice with ankle injuries. Uh, let's start first with Martin. Um, he's missed, obviously, vast majority of training camp, did not play in the preseason. The expectation is that this may be something that they're going to kind of have to keep an eye on. Is that kind of what you're hearing and what you're expecting as far as his back and, and managing that through the year? Didn't Tom Brady, wasn't he limited one year, like all like every yes. every yeah. day of practice? I think Zach Martin will be limited, especially on Wednesdays every day of the year, So especially right now. Yeah, it's a cl- I mean, not trying to I don't want to completely downplay it. We always say backs are are scary and they are, but he he's at, he's been out there both days. I think all of those guys are on a limited schedule of their own. You know, like Jason Garrett said it himself at the press conference, like none of those guys did everything, you know? Um so, but it's being cautious, monitoring that type of stuff. He's at practice today. I fully expect him to play. It's you know you just gotta be careful with your vets, especially when they're dealing with back pain. All right, talk about the two safeties, Darian Thompson, Donovan Wilson. My question is, do they have enough safeties for this week? Because they have the two starters, obviously, in uh, Xavier Woods and Jeff Heath. Then they have Kayvon Frazier. Is that enough if if the one of these two guys can't play this weekend? I think C.J. Goodwin played some safety in the preseason finale the other night. I think it was like the first time he'd ever done it. So <laughs> there you go. There's your Not, emergency I mean, guy. Yeah, they, they. I mean, we'll keep an eye on them. They weren't there today. I would trend toward thinking they're not going to play. Kind of 
scary thinking you only have three safeties, but yeah. but that's where it's at right now. I don't I, I like I said I don't think they they are going to play. I know, Wilson's definitely not, and I think Thompson's in the same boat. How does this affect you on special teams, Nick? Well, I mean. I was looking at just now. We were watching them practice. You can kind of get an idea of who's going to be out there on special teams. I mean, uh, I was looking at kickoff return. I, I think that they'll they'll be fine. I mean, um, you've got one wide receiver, obviously that that plays. I mean, those guys are just your your skill positions. I, you'll probably see uh, maybe Cheeto or Jordan Lewis do it a little bit more than they, they normally do. Uh, Anthony Brown, I think, is always on it. I don't know if Byron Jones can play. So basically, you're just talking about how many defensive backs slash receivers running back you've got. Tony Pollard's a key. I, m- I remember talking to Keith O'Quinn several times about this, and he was like, "This is all great, but Zeke comes back. Tony Pollard hasn't played anything on special teams, and mm-hmm. so they they, they want to count on him." And you're to not. Do those that's things. not talking about as a returner. That's talking about as a as Up a guy back, that's doing other things. You know, personal protector things like that. So. They're in a little bit of a bind. I would imagine when we do an actives tomorrow, we'll see Jordan Chun will not be that's, one of those guys. That's why he's here. And no disrespect to his abilities as a running back, but they're short at linebacker. Jordan Chun is sort of built like a linebacker. He was on kickoff team today. Devin Smith's another one. Yeah. Like I know he plays gunner and stuff, but like he was on the kick return team as a blocker, which maybe he wouldn't be if they were healthier, but they aren't. So they're going to have to have a few guys wearing those types of hats. And I think Tony Pollard is going to be the primary returner. Not that they ever return kicks anymore in the NFL, but if if they ever do, he's going to do it. I hope he gets a shot at it. Yeah. I hope. Well, I hope. He, he, he can. I mean, you don't oh. have to take a knee eight yards back. Well, Just come on. If it's five, if it's further than five yards back, then I, then it's not worth it. Unless it's a but, line drive that took four seconds to or yeah. three seconds to get there. Just take off i hope somebody gives him one two yards deep because i think he could do something pretty fun with yeah. it. all right let's go ahead and transition i want to talk a little bit a uh, little bit about zeke's contract uh nick you you texted me last night and you you had noticed you'd done a little bit of research you talked to a couple people yeah. started to get some details on the contract first kind of lay out the details of what you were telling me about the contract and then we'll talk a little bit about what that might mean for the Cowboys. well you know we talked about what a bonus a signing bonus might be i thought it would be really high it wasn't it was 7.5 million relative to football talk here right. i understand what that's a lot of money but i'm just saying for an eight-year deal that that cap charge is only going to be less than a million every year. So, and just so people understand how that works, basically out. you take the number of years, you divide that signing bonus by that, and that's how much hits your cap every, every year. year. That's also why if you cut a player before you get to the end of the deal, whatever money is left that hasn't been uh, realized per, per year, rate, yeah. all gets accelerated up uh, to either that year or the next year, depending on when the cut happens. So, Go ahead. So basically, just looking at the deal. Um, Ironically, it's September the 5th, right? Six months exactly today is March 5th. That's when his 2020 contract is guaranteed. So basically, I'm, you know, you're looking at the roster bonus that he got now, and I don't have all the numbers in front of me. I should have done all that. I just know this. Out of his $50 million guaranteed by March 5th of next year, six months, 38, maybe even more than that, $39 million will be already paid up. And will already be kicked in. So it's not like this is going to be something that prolongs way, way down the road. Really, the translation is if the Cowboys decide after three years that they want to move on and it's not working out, 
I don't think they're really going to lose. I don't think they'll lose any money. They'll actually save money on the cap. It's about three years. Yeah, I think the way it was explained to me is, yeah, I think in three years, if you were to cut him, it would be like a $6 million cap hit, which isn't great, but it's also not terrible as far as cutting a guy who's on a $100 million uh, and it, contract. And I said this to Derek, it'll be less than his salary for that year. Yeah. His, his yeah. salary is going to be about 10 to 12, 15 maybe. And I believe so I heard money. like the last three years of his salary are not guaranteed at all because no. of what you just said. So, yeah, like if you can get to where Zeke is 27, 28, you can get out of this, so thing, this which a, is what we sort of anticipated this would be is right. always ignore the big numbers always ignore the years and always ignore the the total number because the odds are that ain't gonna happen the guarantees are what's important and the structure which yeah. is what we were hearing a lot of during the the last several days was the 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 last bit of wrangling was happening around structure and i don't know if it was this structure but it was around structure but it sounds like when you look at this this really ends up being a 3 to 4 year uh extension he got the, he has a 2 years left on that deal 3 to 4 years of this new deal and then the cowboys pretty much could walk away if they wanted to which means you have Zeke really for 4 to 5 years about 5 to 6 years um that you have him under contract which to me sounds great because you would expect that he's going to continue. You would hope he's going to continue to be the same guy at least that long. And that, at I least mean, you never know. You never one hundred percent know. But like I feel comfortable banking that he's twenty four now. He's got like eight hundred career carries on his unders or whatever it is, a thousand. I don't whatever. He's got four more years left on his odometer. You would think like that is a reasonable gamble. I feel fine making it. Especially if you can give him some relief with a guy like Tony Pollard. Yeah. That will be important is if, yeah. if he can really play and give you some solid relief, then that actually helps a lot. And and it does take down those number of touches, the number of carries, and that helps uh, Zeke quite a bit. Once he signed yesterday, you know, just to put it in perspective, twenty seven million of it's already guaranteed. Like he's already hit that that number right there. Seven point five is the base salary. I mean, I'm sorry, the signed bonus base salary is seven hundred fifty thousand for this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Six point eight million dollar uh, salary next year, which is now guaranteed because we were already past the the new league year, and thirteen million dollar option bonus, all guaranteed. And then on March fifth, nine point six base salary of the next year is guaranteed, which puts you up at thirty eight. So it feels it feels like a win win. And I mean, it does. and you you said it yesterday, and I think you're absolutely right. Zeke won because he was scheduled to be making three point five million, and now he's got fifty million in the bank. So he did what he set out to he, do. He forced and, the issue, and good for him. Yeah. But. The Cowboys can get away from this in due time without, you know, without sweating it too much. And Zeke gets the number that looks good. Like nobody, yeah. Sports Center is not talking about this. Sports Center is talking about highest paid running back ever, hundred million dollars, fifteen million a year, and Zeke looks like a boss. And that was important to him. He said it himself. So he gets that moment in the sun, and the Cowboys are like, okay, cool. But in three or four years, if this isn't working out, we'll be fine. Yep. And so. getting the highest number of guarantees. For running back in history, also matters, right? Getting yeah. fifty million is a big deal for yeah. him. So, I think the Cowboys were able to give give on that a little bit, but they also did, like you said, they kept their flexibility. That's yeah. the most important part. And, and guaranteeing the next three, two to three years is fine because you expect him to be yeah. here anyways. Even if he got hurt, he's still here. I mean, he's not going to fall off like that. 
I don't. I don't. Yeah, think. not that fast. You wouldn't think, right? Not, not on at the this field. age. Not, not this not age. for on the field. To play devil's advocate, we would have probably said that about Des Bryant, and that's not what happened. But like, I feel very confident making this gamble that this 24-year-old tank of a running back has four more years left. Yep. I think that's reasonable. All right, let's take our first break. We'll come back. We're going to talk about the Giants' defense. There's a lot of moving parts on this defense. A lot of new players. A lot of players that were there last year that are no longer there. Dave will tell us all about it when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. While a player could look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than just stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than just specs and features. You've got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. Experience one for yourself. Visit myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Do you want the most interesting, up-to-the-minute Dallas Cowboys news straight from the star in Frisco? How about exclusive and on-command? That's right, news and nuggets you can't find anywhere else. With our exclusive Cowboys content on Alexa, you can have all the answers, secrets, stories, and more. What's Stephen Jones thinking during a game? What's Joe Looney's favorite pregame meal? We take your questions to Cowboys players and coaches, and you can hear the answers directly back to you. Just say, Alexa, open Dallas Cowboys. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping. The excitement of Dallas Cowboys football is back at AT&T Stadium. The place is going crazy in Arlington, Texas. Don't miss your chance to see the Cowboys live when they host their NFC East rivals, the Eagles, Giants, and Redskins, plus the Green Bay Packers and more. Elliott works his way through and walks the dog. Single game tickets are on sale now. Get them before they're gone. First and goal, quarterback sneak. Prescott pushes up the middle. Touchdown. Visit DallasCowboys.com to get your tickets to today back to the break as bill jones just said get your tickets today dallascowboys.com uh, giants cowboys live at&t stadium we can talk about that at all that they're going to play this week giants yeah i think so all I right talk about well that. if you want to be there it's uh they have single game tickets available uh september 8th sunday 3 25 p.m awesome all right, let's uh, let's jump into this New York Giant. Defense. I just can't do it. I just I, I don't, just can't. jump into the New don't York give Giant away, Don't defense. give away the good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. jump to the New York Giants defense. Finally, Dave. Let's talk some... about this defense. Football. I kind of I teased it yesterday. Like they're they're remaking this team over in a new image. Um, you remember Snacks Harrison? You remember B.J. Goodson, Olivier Vernon, Eli Apple, Landon Collins, Lawrence Taylor. <laughs> I mean, that was the 80s. I just named guys that played in this game last year who aren't there anymore. Snacks was there last year? Snacks was there. He got dealt midseason last year. Oh, midseason. Okay, yeah. When they realized they sucked. Yeah. Uh, Olivier Vernon was part of the Odell Beckham. No. Well, yeah, he was part of the Odell Beckham trade. Eli Apple is off to the New Orleans Saints, where it kind of seems like he's rejuvenated his career a little yeah. bit. Landon Collins left for Washington and free agency. In their place... Um, Jabril Peppers is was another big part of the the trade with Cleveland, so he's playing strong safety now. Uh, Janoris Jenkins is still there. 
And then the rest of this, uh, you remember Alec Ogletree, he was also there last year. They traded with the Rams for him. But the rest of this is all young draft picks. Um, whether you, you can start with Dexter Lawrence, he was their second first-round pick after uh, Daniel Jones. Then DeAndre Baker, the fantastic athletic Georgia corner who's going to be a day-one starter, it looks like, across from Jenkins. Uh, Julian Love, your nickelback out of Notre Dame, who was a guy that Brian Broadus was really high on. And this is this is the guy you asked about specifically, O'Shane Zimenez. Who are you? Another draft show uh, darling. Third-round pick out of Old Dominion, ODU, uh, who's going to be – uh, a stand-up linebacker in this scheme because they do play 3-4 now. Um, so they're banking on a lot of young talent. And they actually, you remember B.J. Hill and Dalvin Tomlinson, already they've already kind of hit on some of this. So if you're a Giants fan, I'm sitting here thinking, like, got a lot of young guy, a lot of young good players on on cheap rookie contracts who could turn this thing around really quickly. On the other hand, you're like, all the playmakers that we came to know over the last two or three years are gone. This is how the Carolina Panthers started, you know, which 2013 or 14. Dave Gettleman, same GM. Really? Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's what they did. He just got a lot of those young defensive it, guys. It is an eerily familiar blueprint, and he hit on a ton of them in yeah. Carolina, which is, again, if I'm a Giants fan, I'm like, we could be pretty sick in a couple years, especially if Daniel Jones turns into the quarterback that he looked like in the preseason. This could be a problem. With Saquon and with those young defensive players, you're absolutely right about that. But I don't think that's going to matter week one of this season. Uh, it's a lot of turnover. Yep. And again, like I really like DeAndre Baker. Dalvin Tomlinson, he's a nose tackle, but he looked really good. Uh, this is This is actually already his what, his third season? So I consider him, he's a nose tackle. He doesn't put up a ton of stats, but I consider him a player, like a playmaker on that team, especially next to Dexter Lawrence, who they're going to be looking at to be that pass rusher. But they don't have that war daddy right now, which is what we've always associated them with, whether, you know. They've usually had multiple. Always. I mean, Strahan, JPP, Vernon for a little while, yep. you know, Tyron Smith's worst, worst enemy. But, like, as of right now, I don't know that that guy's here. Um, so do this for me, Dave. Walk me through. some of the, the great part about this as I was looking through it is that you do the draft show, so you know a lot of these draft picks. I, it's, I love doing the draft show because every team is interesting to me because yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, that, I remember that guy. Right. Like, so, so do this for me. I'm going to throw, throw out some of the names of some of these draft picks, and I want you to just tell me your thoughts on them as draft prospects. Let's start with DeAndre Baker. I mean, you could argue he was the best corner in this class, him and Byron Murphy out of Washington. Um, like I said, he's just super athletic. Like I, I think you could play man with just put him on a guy, and at least in college, and, like, and he's going to take away that side of the field. I don't know mm-hmm. what the Giants are going to do with him. Preferably, you, I mean, you're spending a first-round pick on him. Hopefully you would think that's the case. Um, I think he's, your, he's a classic man corner. What, Sorry, go ahead. No, good. What about Julian Love? That, Julian Love was dealing with an injury. Um, he, he's fine now, but like he was dealing with an injury, so it it it, it hampered his his stock and, and the evaluations of him. Um, but for where they got him in the fourth round, I mean, if he's going to start at nickel for them as a fourth round pick, I think that says plenty. Um, I'm interested to to get a look at him 
you know, I and like I said, I didn't watch any preseason tape of this, so uh, it'll be fun for me to see how these guys translate it. Dexter Lawrence was their number seventeen pick overall, it was first round pick uh, out of Clemson. What did you think of him? I think Dexter Lawrence. It's funny. Actually, we were talking about Antonio Brown during the break. Like the Raiders messed this whole thing up by taking Cleveland Farrell fourth mm-hmm. overall, right? Which I think was where I thought I thought seventeen would be about where he was drafted. But all those guys out of Clemson are are nasty. I mean, that's why they won the national championship last year. I'm interested to see it in an odd front. It's always interesting to me. Like if he's going to play three four end, like that's not a position that typically generates a ton of pass rush. Unless you're JJ Watt. Sure. Well, and if, I mean, if you're JJ Watt, <laughs> right. then unless you're JJ Watt. So I'm I'm interested to see exactly what they are asking him to do. Like, is, is he a space eater? Is he a guy that can collapse the pocket? Because again, this is a three four front that, as of right now, lacks that long. Randy Gregory type. I know Randy Gregory plays here, but I think of him as like a three-four freak type of guy. Yeah, Demarcus Ware, all that. Like that guy's not here, and Dexter Lawrence isn't that guy. Like they're not gonna stand him up. Yeah. So I'm interested to see what that looks like. And the final rookie that might be in the mix here was third round pick number ninety-five overall. Shane Zimmon is. What are your thoughts? There? My main thing about he's a very raw player. Like ODU, you know. What league is that? The Patriot League? I don't even. Don't get mad at me, ODU grads. I'm sorry. I don't know what conference that is. They're in conference USA. Are they really? Yeah. I didn't. I can't tell Nick is serious when he's not. Actually, to be fair, shouts out to people in Virginia. They did beat Virginia Tech either last year or two years ago. Like they they have some talent, but it's it's not big time football. William Boykins is in there in the room over there. Fuming mad. Yeah, he's like he's going off. He's fuming. You hear in the background? I can hear him in the background. I can tell he was just like yeah. But (laughs) tell William that Virginia Tech lost their opener, so I don't want to hear it. Oh, we're Uh, going there. We're gonna. He's a raw. He's a raw player, which. Again, Gettleman kind of has an eye for this. Like, I know everybody's kind of made fun of the stuff he's done in New York to this point, but that could be a high upside um, draft pick, which, and, and again, Mia culpa because uh, Lorenzo Carter is another guy that kind of fits that bill who has shown flashes, another Georgia guy. Um, he's probably the best bet that you have right now. But again, like, Zimenez could turn into a really good player. I don't think it's going to happen for him week one of his rookie season. One other big change in the secondary, you mentioned it earlier, uh, they went out and in the trade picked up Jabril Peppers uh, and then replacing him with Landon, replacing Landon Collins with Jabril Peppers. What are your thoughts on those two players, kind of if you were comparing them, what they do well, don't do well, uh, how would you compare those two players? From the sounds of it, which this isn't what I expected from Jabril Peppers, but like he's, you know, the Browns played him like 40 yards back from the line in his rookie season, but it sounds like he's grown a lot into more of a a box safety, like a guy who can do stuff closer to the line of scrimmage. He's, I don't know if he's ever going to be the ball hawk that people thought he could be coming out of Michigan, but considering the deal that Landon Collins got, if he can give you 75% of that, at half the cost or way less way less than half the cost i feel fine about that like i think he could be pretty good for them so the net net here sounds like they got players they replaced a lot of players they don't have or no one has had an opportunity yet to step up and be the man like they don't have that war daddy right now i look at the giants as a team that's like the foundation is there you know like you i mean very obviously and if if daniel jones is good 
then it's going to accelerate real quick. I think that they you're never going to see another Cowboys Herschel Walker type trade, but I think they tried to do the best that they could with saying, all right, we're going to start over. It's the best guy other than Barkley, but this is the best guy we've got. Maybe he's on a decline. Who knows? And Beckham, trade him, get what you can, and start this thing over and build around Barkley. Which, well, and Daniel Jones, which honestly, like, I, I respect Eli Manning. I think I like him more than most. I, I would put him in the Hall of Fame. Don't yell at me, Cowboys uh, fans. The fact that he has two Hall, of, I mean, two uh, two Super Bowl rings, and and I know for that first one, I, I mean, the, the second one, I think clearly he was a good part of the reason why they were in the Super Bowl and won it. And in the, my opinion, and the first one is argue, like a top five most iconic Super Bowl ever. I mean, to stop an, to stop an undefeated season and all that stuff. Yeah. Regardless. I feel like sentiment uh, sentimentality is getting in their way of being better. Like, what do you mean? I mean, they're not gonna win the Super Bowl this year. So, what are you? Why even bother with Eli Manning? Get the kid in there and get this thing it, going. It just goes to that old, you know, um, theory of these young quarterbacks: are they better if they sit? Are they better if they're thrown in there? And I think that every, you can go case by case. You can make strong cases for the guys that sat and learned. You can make strong cases for the ones that threw, got thrown in there and played. You're right. And I maybe mean, it won't be a whole year. Maybe it'll be half of that. I don't think it will be. But, I, you know, um, okay, people talk about David Carr all the time. Like, did he really have a chance because he just got annihilated by his right. offensive lines in Houston? But, like, I think the bones of this roster are good enough that if Daniel Jones is good, he could succeed there. And, I, and again, you're talking about pl- contending while these guys are on cheap contracts. This is just a, a, a year that you're willing to waste with Eli Manning? Because well, I just also, don't believe they're going to make the playoffs with Eli. This also becomes about relationships, I think. When you have uh, ownership who has a relationship with this right. quarterback, and they know this quarterback has done a lot for their franchise. In addition to the two championships, my assumption is, knowing how things work around here, that he's probably done a lot of things off the field for them as well from the standpoint of helping with community things and helping for helping with ways of promoting the brand and he's been a good citizen for them. So all those things being considered, you're not just walking away from a quarterback. You're walking away from a quarterback and a guy that they are they position as a probably a legend of their franchise. And so that's a little harder to do at the quarterback position with a guy that's you know, we can say we want about what you saw in the preseason. It still is an unknown. And they still feel like, hey, let's give our team an opportunity with the experience of Eli Manning. If we get to a point maybe where things aren't going our way and we know we're not going to be in the playoffs and it's pretty definite we're not, then maybe we make some changes. But let's enter the season as though we think we have a shot and give our our players an opportunity. We think that's our best chance to win right now. I bet that strategy will change by Halloween. Maybe so. And I think that's probably – I think most people probably believe that. But I also think that – that's the hard part about making that kind of decision. You saw the dumpster fire it was last year when yep. they tried to sit him. Like it's just you got to be very delicate with those kinds of things when you have a guy that that's done what he's done for their franchise. Yeah. All right, let's take our final break. We'll come back and we'll take some questions. Uh, hit Amber up. How did you want them to hit you, Amber? On I Twitter, got some questions. Oh, you already got Ooh, questions. All right, ready. so you don't have to hit her up. We're ready. We'll get some questions here going in this second half. I mean, this final uh, segment of the show. We'll be right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too... Right above the subway! Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor, Angus. A deal that's just okay is not okay. 
Get a great deal with America's best network. Come into an AT&T store and learn how to buy one smartphone and get a second one on us. Based on GWS1 score September 2018. It's time for tailgate with the Otterbox boys. Otterbox? The makers of those crazy protective phone cases? The one and only. They're also wild about protecting parking lot parties from sad drinks. It's why they made Elevation Tumblers. Rumor around the crockpot is they're made from stainless steel with a copper lining to keep temps hot or cold. True. They even come in seven different sizes up to 64 ounce the growler. Hmm. I like how Otterbox drinks. I mean, thanks. And that's been tailgating with the Otterbox boys. Check out all the colors and sizes of their elevation tumblers at otterbox.com. A man's Stetson doesn't just protect him from life's elements. It projects an unstoppable and legendary spirit, just like the men wearing silver and navy on the field every Sunday. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. They are still the official crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find Stetson hats in the pro shop or at stetson.com today. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broadus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. To the break. Welcome back. It is the final segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Amber's got some questions preloaded for us. What you got, Amber? You ready? Yes. All right. What is more likely to happen in this upcoming game? Gallup going over 100 yards, receiving yards, or Zeke breaking a long run loose given his current conditioning? I think Zeke. You think that's more likely to happen? Because it's only one run. Like It's not like you're expecting him. They didn't say he's going to have a great game. He's going to have one long run. I could see that happening. How long? I don't know. I could see him having a 45, 50-yard run. That's pretty long. He now, they probably give him some oxygen afterwards, but I could see that him do that. I could see him do that. Zeke hasn't been that back recently. Like He I, he does it on the screen passes, and I think he had a long run against the Lions. Maybe that's what Cabo does. Maybe. Gives you a little extra energy. I'll take Gallup. I'll take Gallup. If if they put Jenkins on Cooper or if they try to double him, like DeAndre Baker, very good player, also a rookie, that's kind of Gallup's thing anyway. Because how many times? 100 yards, though? Yeah, but you just said it's just one run. But the way that they've been throwing the ball deep with Gallup, it's just one pass. It's a 67-yard pass for a touchdown. I mean, then he'll he'll get yeah. the other 100 in if the he, second half. If he goes over 100, it'll be four catches, one of which was 68 yards right. long, and then the other three are 10 yards. Yeah, I like Gallup on that. That's a good question. That's good I'll question. take Gallup, too. Then I guess plays that plays into this following question. As far as Dak, do you expect him to be able to shine in the passing game in this game? Mm-hmm. Yes, yep. everything we saw in the preseason suggests that. Yeah, I do. I think he'll shine. I think he'll he'll. Uh, I think Kellen Moore. Uh, I think they've got some stuff dialed up here, and I see he him having a, a big game. I do. I, I think they'll use the weapons they've got. I think Randall Cobb being involved, Gallup, maybe Pollard. I just hope it's efficient. I hope it's and exciting and all that, and you know, hopefully he th- looks good throwing the deep ball. But just the little stuff, rub routes, getting just manufacturing wide open throws, like that's what that's what they did for Jared Goff. He didn't morph into this god, 
Yep. 80% of his throws are to guys that are all alone. <laughs> scheme like, them open. Scheme them really, open. you watch any of the great quarterbacks, they get a, a sizable percentage of their throws that are schemed open for them. Like, you watch the Patriots. They were doing a, a little write-up. I mean, a, a little, a little um, art story. Uh, video story about that this morning on I was watching on TV and they were showing how they just the way they use Andrew Edelman in the slot basically they're just working to get him the right matchup and you get a linebacker on him he can't keep up and so you get this wide open pitch and catch between uh, between the and, two of them and here you go you're and, off and running and that's why it, it's just so rare to even see what what Dak did his rookie year to have so much success it's not about you know are guys good enough strong enough can they make the throws it's just the recognition can they actually see it. And you know, and that's the thing. That's what Romo was actually really good at. You know, and it's 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 a shame he didn't get to do more and win more games. But the recognitions there, Tom Brady obviously has it. Drew Brees, these guys like that, they, they know the mismatch. I mean, I'll never forget that game. I guess it was 2015 where the Cowboys were playing the Saints and, and it got to overtime. Mm-hmm. And on the second play of overtime, the linebacker Andrew Gashkar limps off the field, and Damian Wilson was a rookie and goes onto the field. And Drew Brees just looks at that and says, wait a second, C.J. Spiller, you get over there, and he's going to go with you. 85-yard touchdown game was over. That's what excites me about Tony Pollard. Yeah, be nice. But just it's the Dak recognition of – and he did that, actually. It was a game against the Giants where Rod Smith lined up in the slot, and they hadn't done that all game, and they put a linebacker there, and the middle was wide open, and he said, all right, just go over the middle and 80-yard touchdown. So – that he does it. It's just that the more you do it, the more you'll recognize things. All right. The Cowboys win the toss on Sunday afternoon. What does Coach Garrett mm. decide to do? That it's hard to say at the outset of a season. He did. He broke out of that last year. Like the whole the whole taking the ball thing. He kind of gave up on it. You got to do it at home. You got to take. You got to. You want to take the ball at no, home? No, you no, kick yeah, home. yeah. You always your defer. defense is. I mean, opening your, your crowds day, nuts. Defense frothing at the mouth. Your defense is good now. Like yeah. you got a really, really good defense. So if you got a really, really good defense, that gives you even more reason to defer because if they can get a stop on the first, now you really got the advantage coming out with the ball in the second half. I just, yeah. I and, think there's no question you defer. And fans still, if you ask every average fan how long is halftime, they'll probably tell you it's 20 minutes. Right? About 20 minutes? It's 13. It is. So by the time you get up and go do anything, that's why in the second half, you come back and look at all the club-level seats. They're all empty. Every team in the league is the same way about that. It's a dead stadium. And Garrett knows that. He's the one that told us that in a walk-off one time. So, But they don't ever use it. They will. Defer. Defer. Defer, Jason. How are we doing, guys? Hey, yes. Man. Hi. We're great. You know, you know great. I'm always very hesitant to, or I stop myself from getting too excited because you yes because you do a bad job of showing it when that happens you know when disappointment comes it hurts even more so i always catch myself okay don't get too excited and i've been pretty excited about this season and what's gonna happen and you know garrett how robotic is and how he's always doing the same thing over and over but this past week there you go this past week i've noticed a few little things that Mm. he's done differently things that are just dumb that you would think oh that's not a big deal but to garrett it is a big deal spiking his hair up (laughs) oh yeah just just little things i want to know same haircut for example what have you noticed this is something dumb for example him changing the time of when he's gonna shoot something in the studio that could be for many different reasons but he's a guy that doesn't do that period 
He he sticks to he what he did move his coach's show back yesterday. I mean, I was like, whoa, seriously. And then there have been a few, a couple of other little things that it's just not a big deal, but it is surprising when you know, you know, it's like, oh, he did this. Even if he changes his hair, that's a big deal. Or his clothes, that's a big deal. But it it makes me feel excited in a way that he, there is some change happening here and he's you know trying to do things differently what did you yeah. notice i he feel said, like a bad reporter he i didn't said, notice what's any up, of this what's up only twice only he didn't times. do the what's up what's up what's up he only he just times. what's up what's up and he he only hit ah. once you know how he'll come in he and does do that just ah. little things little things that he's been i mean when he does it Every single year, you Sur- you surprise learn onside kick to start the game. These are the nuggets you can only get. Just on watch out, Cowboys watch out. Break. He might surprise us this year. What You're was welcome. it that time? Uh, she's done that before. Romo looks sad. Romo looks like something's <laughs> wrong with him. Like he's fine. Retired. He's fine. And then like a day later, like he, didn't she have something like that with Xavier too? Where she was like, I went and I looked at him. He just didn't look right. He Sofilo? looked. You, you he looked know, upset. He looked. Yeah. Sofilo. I'll say this. Uh, Will McClay. Because of the job he has and what they do in scouting, he has kind of talked to me about how they really watch, like people watch. They watch these players, they, how they their carry behaviors, yeah. how they carry themselves, body language. body language, you know. And I always thought that was that's really interesting that they look at that stuff, you know, and they even do like personality tests and all these things. So I started to learn how to like analyze people and you know you get That's a feel dangerous. from the vibe yeah you know <laughs> so i don't you talk a lot so sometimes but scouting I just watch so you gotta watch these people it's not good <laughs> dave it wouldn't be good for me and you if people did our body language all the time oh my god yeah I, that's a horrible idea for y'all if, if y'all could fire me based on my body language, I'd have been out of here a long Probably time Probably after ago. week one, we'd been like, yeah, he's not going to work. Sorry. <laughs> he's not going to work. Out. All right. Who's going to be an under-the-radar radar player who you think would have an impressive performance on Sunday? Dalton Schultz. Ooh, wow. That, that was fast. Right out of your mouth. Yeah. Why? Because he's very under the radar. He hasn't done anything. Um, I just think that he'll, he'll probably be a guy How that has a big play. play? Uh, he'll play. <laughs> Schultz? He'll Enough. play. They'll, Enough. they'll get out there and play. He'll do something. He'll have a big catch. He'll have a 17-yard catch on third down or something like that. Dalton Schultz. I don't know if, if you guys call this under the radar, but I actually think, and what I'm going to say may be what is under the radar, I think Cheeto Bay is going to be the best cornerback on this team this year. Damn, mm. I think he's going to have a okay. phenomenal year, and I think he'll be. I think he'll be better than Byron Jones this year. I think he'll be the best cornerback on this team. It's hard. Like under the radar questions are hard for us because we talk about every aspect of this team so much that yeah. there's, there's no such thing. Radar, yeah. um, if Malik counts, I mean, he had the best. I, I I think he could, and I know I've said this before. If he can just stay healthy, <laughs> Pro Bowler, I I think that's totally possible. Uh, and then, okay, I'll give you under the radar because the guy that nobody wants to talk about because no, nobody likes him, Je- Jeff Heath. Uh, Jeff go. Heath will have a pick on <laughs> Sunday. He's like, this is Cheeto's year. This is Byron's year. This Jordan's going to play more. And then Jeff Heath's going to be the one that gets a pick. Just white. All right. He, he has many catch. chances. I mean, he's always right where the now, ball is. He might get the pick because Leighton Vander Esch clobbers somebody and just pops the ball. <laughs> up but in the he, air, he's but the man on the spot, that's right? Still, yeah, yeah, it counts. It, it definitely counts. Yeah. All right. Where do you guys feel as far as Tristan Hill with him and his strength and what he's able to do? Do you feel that the Cowboys should keep Wise? Oh, Daniel Wise. See, uh, that's they didn't. I well. I, 
people were yelling at me on Thursday night that like, oh, if he wasn't a second round pick, they'd cut Tristan Hill and we're going to lose Daniel Wise, blah, blah, blah. Well, they didn't. Daniel Wise is here. It's fine. He's on the practice squad. He'll sit there. You can call him up if you need to later. Tristan Hill is going to look like a lot of, I mean, you know. Taco comes to mind. Like he'll have a role because of how much Marinelli likes to rotate these guys. He hasn't shown much to make me think that he's just gonna take over from the start, but that's okay. He's fifty eighth overall. This team has so many examples of guys that if you watch him first and second round picks, you watch him in their rookie year and even a second, maybe even third year, and you're like, Man, that wasn't a bad good pick. And then all of a sudden they pop in that second year, third year, or fourth year, right? I, that's the way I kind of look at Tristan Hill. Uh, everybody's not going to be great when they first get here. And he didn't have a great camp. He was very average. The Marcus Lawrence wasn't that, that that's great. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's a lot of guys. I mean, it's littered with guys that were like He's that. A yeah. there's, a, there's a ton of guys that are like that. But uh, Byron Jones is the best example because nobody expected last year what mm-hmm. he put up last year yeah. in year number four. So all I'm saying is just slow down a bit on making the instant evaluation. He was averaged. Okay, that's fine. Give him an opportunity to grow into the position. If he develops, then great. He will be a good player for them yeah. at some point. If he doesn't, then we'll all be willing to say that he's not. But just give him a little time to, to acclimate, I, I think. I agree with everything you just said, but I'll play devil's advocate for those listening at home because the kid that they didn't draft, Juan Thornhill, sounds like he's going to be a big-time contributor right away for the Chiefs. If he's not going to be a starter, then he's going to get a healthy number of snaps. And that's it's just like Taco and J.J. Watt. Every time he does something, it's going to be news for us. Yeah. And that's it's something we'll have to watch. Um, but if Malik Collins plays the way that he's been playing in training camp, it doesn't bother yeah. me one bit that Tristan Hill is not on the field that the, much. The thing about it is comparing Tristan Hill and Juan Thornhill, I think he has to be, you have to be careful there because – they didn't draft him not really because of Tristan Hill. It sounded like they didn't draft him because of Xavier Woods. Yeah, it's and true. So they they want they didn't want to yeah. stop that progress. So that's where probably you have to compare. And that looks like a pretty good decision at this point because what you saw from Xavier this year well, suggests he might be ready to well, take the next step. Right? I mean, you could always say, well, compare him to Jeff Heath because if Heath's a free agent next year, those two could play together. I really believe it's going to be Donovan Wilson and and Xavier Woods for a few years. Yeah. That's that's another thing. I can see that. It's a good pick. Donovan Wilson looks like he could be a steal. And so if you've got a talented three-tech in Tristan Hill, even if it takes him some time, and you still found your safety, then I can't be mad at that. Still found both your safeties, right? Well, yeah. 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 So. Do we still have time? Uh, no, we don't. That huh. would be the end of the show. We appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back tomorrow morning. Uh, and actually, tomorrow will be a good day. It'll be Friday. We get to get you guys ready for the game. We'll tell you uh, what the Cowboys need to do in order to get a win this weekend. Until then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!